Hello everyone, I'm Jen and welcome to another episode of Monogamish Pod. On this week's episode, I want to talk to you guys about triads. Now, initially I had planned an entire triad series, but unfortunately I was not able to get the kind of interviews that I wanted to put the episodes together the way I had planned. So with this brand new news that came out about Taika Waititi, Tessa Thompson, and Rita Ora possibly being in the throuple, I decided to stop putting it off and put this episode out right now. Probably wondering what the details of that are. I'll get to that in just a moment. Before I do, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, altplayground.net. Now, today I'm going to be focusing on the podcast corner. So that is where you can find the latest episodes for your favorite lifestyle podcast. That includes Monogamish Pod, Bomber and Bell with Black and Kinky, Living the Sweet Live with Lock and Trist, Swinging Flamingos, who of course I've had the pleasure of meeting in person, lovely people. Also features Love Without Boundaries with Kitty Shambliss, which is also another great podcast. Kitty and I are both coming at our non-monogamy from a more polyamorous space. So definitely want to shout out. Also, there's some connections that were made, right? We had Living the Sweet Life on our podcast. We had Black and Pinky on our podcast. And I'm actually going to be featured on Kitty Shambliss' podcast. And I'll let you know when that's coming out. So head on over to altplayground.net. Head over to the podcast corner and check out this special curated list of your favorite lifestyle podcasts, all in one easy to find place. That's right, altplayground.net. Now that I've covered all that important stuff, let's get to the meat of the matter. We've talked about triads before, of course, in a variety of episodes, which I will link in our detail show notes. I know in season one, we did a two-episode series, uh, should have been a triad pretty much, uh, with famous love triangles that we thought would benefit. I have spoken about triads with Katrina Jackson, who writes amazing triads in her work, including Room for Three, Pink Slip, which is a part of the Spies Who Loved Her series, from Scratch, from the Welcome to Seaport series, so... There's been a lot of triad representation on this podcast. I myself have been in thruples and triad-like scenarios before. I've been in multiple ones. So I think I'm qualified to speak on my experience. I can't specifically speak to anyone else's experience. Now that I've offered that huge disclaimer, let's just dive in. Taika Watiti. I'm starting here at the most recent footage. The link to that will, of course, be in our detail show notes. But this past week, Taika Watiti, Rita Ora, and Tessa Thompson were spotted canoodling on a balcony of sorts. And by canoodling kissing, there was definitely kissing. Apparently, these pictures were taken after some all-night rager Taika had in his Sydney apartment, condo. I don't know what they're calling the place that he lives at down there. Taika and Tessa are down there filming Thor Love and Thunder. Taika is directing. And Rita Ora is the host for some TV show, The Voice Australia. I don't know what she's the host of. But she's doing some hosting shit down there. So Taika is technically married, but he's been separated from his wife for a couple of years. Rita and Taika have been dating supposedly since the beginning of 2021, but there weren't any pictures to prove this, I think, out in the press until about March. This is still fairly new, the Taika-Rita thing. Like, I had no idea that was happening until I saw the photos of them and Tessa Thompson kissing on a balcony. So I did not have that on my 2021 bingo card. Not at all. So that's mind-blowing to me and then of course considering tessa thompson's dating history tessa thompson dated janelle monet and then there's all this stuff with captain marvel valkyrie shippers in the mcu where there's lots of like fan art created about them i guess brie larson who plays captain marvel 
and Tessa Thompson, duh, Valkyrie, had some kind of flirty comments on panels and stuff. I don't know what the hell was going on there, but the most important part of the scenario is that Janelle Monet and Tessa Thompson were together. I'm hoping that they're still together because for me, beautiful couple. And Tessa Thompson was also in the visual album for Dirty Computer, which is Janelle Monet's most recent body of work. And they were in a triad, it seemed, with Janelle Monet, Tessa Thompson, and the dude whose name I don't remember. I just know that he's somebody's baby daddy right now that I follow on Instagram. So that's happening. And then on top of that, there was that whole Janelle Monet Lupita Nyongo, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, thing that happened with the pictures of them flirting and maybe kissing at an event. Listen, y'all, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot in the celeb space that clearly I am not doing a great job of keeping up with, but I'm going to fix that in the future, I swear. But for now, I, I definitely want to hear your thoughts on Taika and Rita and Tessa. So please feel free to share those in the comment section on the detailed show notes page on monogamishpod.com. Or you can tweet us about it because I definitely need to know what y'all think. <laughs> now, I'll be playing a clip from an interview I recorded with Evita Lavidelo-Casoyers in September of 2020. Now, you guys heard Evita's interview in December 2020 in episode 19 of season two. This clip, Evita talks about the difficulties that she experienced with triads and the different positions that she's had in them. I thought it was very insightful and super important. You guys can hear the journey of Evita and her triad right now. So, Evita, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and then I'll dive right in with the questions. My name is Vita Sawyers. I am known in the polyam world as Vita Loca Sawyers, and I am a non-monogamy now coach. Uh, so I coach people that are uh, transitioning to non-monogamy or are in non-monogamous relationships and need some kind of guidance on how to navigate them. I also speak and teach and educate on non-monogamy. So I have presented at Poly Dallas Millennium. I presented at Polytopia. I've also done a non-monogamy class for self-serve toys. I was featured in the documentary Poly Love, which was about my first relationship, the triad that I was in. I've been on several podcasts, I've done radio interviews, things of that nature, discussing just my non-monogamous living and how I came to be where I am today was my husband and I opened up our relationship to non-monogamy about seven years ago. And we did swinging for about a year. And then we transitioned to polyamory. You and I have spoken before, and I'm going to dive in with a very hard question right away. Are you in a triad right now? I am not. No, I'm not. You're in not. A... So this is past triad experiences. Even better. That means you can dissect it. Up and down here, whatever. So you've been, I think, two past triads before, you said? Two triads, yeah, and in two different positions. So oh, I, that's so interesting. First triad, I was in the part of the existing couple. And in the second triad, I was the third. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, I want to hear about the existing couple one first, if you don't mind. Just because it's always interesting talking to people who came from, who were in the existing couple, and they're like, yeah, we're going to do the triad thing. And I want to hear a bit about your experience with that. Yeah. So firstly, 
we never unicorn hunted. Like that wasn't what happened. So it's our triad experience is actually unique in that we started our non-monogamous journey in a very different way than most heterosexual presenting couples where you have a heterosexual man and a bisexual wife or a woman. And, but me and my um, husband have like very different taste in women. So like we started our non-monogamous journey going, okay, there's no possible way that we're going to find a woman that we both like. So you go find a partner for you. I go find a partner for me and never the twain shall meet. And we got into it because we had been doing non-monogamy for about, I'm going to say a little over a year at that point, but it was just swinging. So that was all we had done. And I very much identify as a bi-romantic bisexual. So not only am I sexually attracted to women, but I also am romantically attracted to women. So I wanted to have the experience of having romantic relationships with women. And swinging just didn't afford that capacity. It just, it wasn't, that's not what you're doing. So we opened up to exploring polyamory and non-monogamy where we could actually have relationships with people. Uh, number one, because swinging was hard for my husband because he's much more demisexual than I am. And so casual sex is very easy for me. I have no problems doing it. And, uh, but it was a struggle for him. So swinging really didn't fit him. And um, so he wanted the opportunity to develop relationships with people that he was interacting with sexually. And I wanted the experience of being able to have a woman that I actually was in a romantic relationship with and not just women that I was sleeping with at parties and whatnot. But we were like, all right, let's, let's open this up to where we can pursue having partners And then we randomly were at a swinger party and met this woman who we both found attractive. And, and even then I feel like I probably should have gone with my gut because I feel like even if we find the same person attractive physically, like how they are as people, we're not attracted to the same kinds of people. And, and yeah, but we uh, met this woman and initially it was just like a threesome thing. And so she was freshly out of a a five-year relationship and she was just kind of trying to like discover herself sexually. And, and, and so we were like, oh, okay. And so that's how it started. But then we all were like, man, we really each other. We like spending time together. All of these feelings were starting to develop. And it was just like, we just struck up this relationship. And I think what happens in triads, and I've talked to other people about this before, is when you find someone that you're both into, it feels so serendipitous that it's, oh my gosh, like we actually met this person and we both like this person and this person like both of us. What are the odds of this happening it's from the stars? And so you have a tendency to punch it. Yep. Um, yeah, because you're just like, oh my God, this is so, this is heaven sent. And and so we like really went from zero to 100 like really quickly once we all were like, oh, we have these feelings for each other. And so like from two months in, like we were talking about her moving in and having this family and what would having a ceremony look like and all this stuff like that, which like if someone had told me that just dating, like I would have been like, I'm definitely not a timelines person. You feel what you feel for people and whatever, but I would have been like, are you sure? Do you want to like navigate or examine that a little bit? But that was exactly what we were doing. And it was all of our first experience with non-monogamy in that format period and it was very much her first experience with non-monogamy period so like she hadn't even had any experience with like non-monogamy period because like I said she started from a single space she had never done anything with non-monogamy at all and we had done things with non-monogamy but it was never non-monogamy with feelings involved and and you when you And I always say this about triads, especially with couples, is that people have a tendency to think that they're polyamory 101 when in actuality they're polyamory 301. 
So if you've never had the experience of watching your partner be in love with someone else, romantically interact with someone else while they're with you, you've never had that experience at all. To go from that to being in a relationship where they're doing that and all of that is happening right in front of you, you have no idea how you're going to feel about that how that's going to trigger you. And so I I tell people that it was almost like getting dropped into an NBA all-star game and being expected to play basketball to this like master level when you literally never even had a little tykes like basketball, like hoop in your backyard, like when you were a kid, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Not the little tykes hoop. Right, yeah. Like you've never even held the basketball in your hand and now you're like in the middle of this NBA all-star game. And so we were all like knocking up against each other, dealing with non-monogamy and it it was pandemonium. It was. (laughs) (laughs) It it sounds like it was fun at first though. That's the upside. Very fun. It was very, like I said, when when I would say when it was good, it was amazing. So when we were all vibing and all getting along and, and enjoying one another, it was really great. But what happened was we could never find an equilibrium. So it was all of these really extreme highs and then these really extreme lows. And it would just just go up and down between those two extremes. And we never found that middle space where we were like cruising along. And so it was like, we'd have these really great times and then we'd have these really terrible times and these really great times and these really terrible times. And um, we had a hard time like getting in the center. Ah, yeah. So how long did that relationship last in total? Um, it, we were together off and on for about two years. Oh, wow. You guys really went, you, re- you really committed to this and went through it. Then she lived with us. She, you know, parented our children. She was a partner. She, she moved in with us. So there were plans for her to conceive and she wanted a baby. And so we were talking about what that, that would look like and, and all of that. Oh, wow. And this was a closed or an open triad. So that's funny too. So we did everything the opposite. So we started out going, we were going to have a closed triad with the exception of we all like to swing. So we would, we were open with going to swinger parties and having swinger relationships, but we weren't supposed to date. And I actually was the one that fought that. And usually it's the the single woman or the third or, you know, whatever that fights that space and go, you guys have each other when I'm not with you and I should be able to interact with other people. But it was me that I was like, okay, no. Like I was like, we're not doing clothes. Like we need to open this up because what, and the catalyst for that for me was she and I struggled to get along. We just were not suited for each other. And so my relationship with her wasn't that great. And then because I was dealing with all these uncomfortable emotions about my husband's connection to her, my relationship with him wasn't great either because we were going through that, that opening up space and going through all those emotions. And so I had two romantic relationships and neither one of them were good at the time. And they, they got along very well. So like their relationship was great. They had their issues here and there, but their relationship was fine. And so they at least had each other and they had a good relationship with each other. But I struggled to have a good relationship with both of them. And I was like, I need to be able to go and have a space where I am feel like I'm having a good relationship with someone while we're working through this. And so I was actually the one that fought to open it. 
And, and then my husband came on board because we were like, we were open before you came. It's not like we were open to find you. Like we were just open. So like, why would that change now that you're here? It wasn't like we opened up because we were looking for you specifically. Like we were just open in general. So like, why would we change that now that you're here? This wasn't exactly what we were looking for. We were just looking for being able to have interactions with people the way we wanted to. And she actually fought that. She was very like vehemently against it. I mean, it was a struggle. That's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely not usually the third, so to speak, who's doing that. Do you, and I know this is just speculation, we can't say for sure, but do you think that's because she was so coming from a very monogamous sort of relationship into this one? Do you think that's part of the reason why she was operating in that space? Or actually think that what it was is that she felt that lack of security that people that engage with couples feel because she couldn't legally marry us. Like there was no guarantee other than our word. And so I think that's where she struggled with that. So she was already feeling that lack of security in her relationship with us and then factoring in having other people. Like it, she really just really balked at that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I can definitely understand that. I was just curious because they went from a five-year-long relationship right into a triad. So sometimes I know for people it's like that. With that, but, but what she would say is she just felt like she had no security. It was already tough feeling secure when it was just us and then factor in some other people. And then also I think one of the things that she struggled with is knowing that she and I had this very like rough relationship. And so that kind of led to her feeling insecure too. Is if find someone else that you get along with better, are you going to want to shut this down? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Th- these are normal insecurities. I, I feel that. Yeah, it was totally understandable. I could completely, like, understand it. It's not this thing where I was just like, where are you getting that from? Like, I, I understood it. It made sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Sometimes, I guess we have to think about things like that. I, I have been not in a, tri- I wouldn't call it a triad, but I have been in a couple of thruples. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say is because I think a thruple is more of a fun word. It's like you're dating, but it's a bit more casual. And I think triads are more of a serious commitment. That's how I see it, right? So I've done two thruples before. And I guess I was in a V. Yeah, huh, that's interesting. See, I'm long and hard about my relationships now. But <laughs> the reason why I bring that up is because I've, I've always just been the third. I've always been that add-on person. And so, yes, there is that element of insecurity where, yeah, they could just dump me tomorrow and they can find another bitch just like me. And that's fine. That's a me thing. It has nothing to do with how they've made me feel. It's how I feel about myself and how I feel insecure in my position because either I'm not giving enough or I'm not allowing myself to be open to what is really happening. And I think for me, a lot of insecurity was my personal stuff very real fear because it happens all the time. You know what I mean? So a lot of people get their hearts double broken because they don't get along with one portion of the couple. And then and the, the edict is, if you're not with one, you're not with any of us. And so that's a very real fear of a space of existing in. When I was in a third position, I didn't really experience that because that triad, I was with the husband first for seven or eight months. So we had already had experience of me only being with one of them. And then later on, his wife developed feelings for me. And then we became a triad. So there was a little less of that fear of if I'm not getting along with one of them, then I'm going to have to lose them both. Because we had already existed in a space where I I only had a relationship with one of them. And so so that fear wasn't there. But that is a very real fear for uh, thirds because it happens all the time. 
Yeah. So in that relationship where you were the third, I am going to ask a weird question and it's not weird because I think it's weird. It's weird because some people are like, well, why are you asking that? Shouldn't you already know? But there are people who think that you shouldn't be in triads if you're married to someone else, right? You're like, you already have a husband. What are you doing with a whole last triad outside of that? What was that like for your relationship with your husband? I know that you guys, of course, are open. You're doing non-monogamy and stuff. But like, how did he handle you being in a triad with these other people? He's very unemotional about non-monogamy. He doesn't really deal with jealousy. It's not a feeling that he feels so. And it's very much allows me the space to have the relationships that I want to have. So he didn't really struggle with that um, at all. So it was very, honestly, I I often say this. I don't know why. I know why more couples don't seek out married women for triads. Like I understand because they're usually looking for someone that like can move in and become a part of the family and like all that stuff like that. And you just can't have that with with a, a married person. But I always say that all the time. I don't know why more couples don't seek out married women for triad because while you're waiting for that, it, it gives you a chance to have that interaction and see what it's like without all of these things that create a lot of pressure and cause things to move too fast. Because like, I'm never, you know, going to move in. Like, that wasn't a thing that we were going to do. There wasn't this, like, that fear of, man, this person is really encroaching on our relationship. Like, it's just not there because I just can't, I couldn't be integrated into their relationship in a way that maybe a single person could have. And so it allowed us to have the, this, the triad experience without dealing with a lot of those like high pressure points that happen when people are engaging with a single person. Cause it's like, okay, now this person is going to move in and you're having to deal with that. And you're having to deal with, cause I tell people, especially with triads, you literally have to break open the existing couple to engraft this other person in and almost abolish that relationship because it can't exist in the way that it it did before the person came along because there will be no room for them if you don't crack it open. But in my case, when I was dating the married couple, like that wasn't really necessary because I wasn't going to be moving into their life in this very integrated way. And so it was a lot easier. Oh yeah, definitely sounds a lot easier. Man, we really should be looking into having more married people in triads like having the third be a married person wow that because you bring up a very valid point a lot of that is just from that because you're looking for that single bisexual woman standpoint and so yeah there is a lot that goes in that, a lot of pressure that comes from that to form your relationship in a certain way around them huh, you're yeah. so smart oh at a much slower pace like it really does it slows down the pacing of the relationship and you still get the triad experience you still we had three great three person time and we get together and we go and do things together as a trio and it was really awesome but like I said we weren't like okay let's move in together tomorrow and now you're going to become part of family and all of these things and so it was a lot it was so much smoother yeah so I know that in the previous triad you guys had you moved in you're talking about commitment ceremonies and babies and stuff. Did you have a similar conversation about children in your other triad? No, because I can't have children anymore. And and they wanted kids. And I was super supportive of that for them. So they actually did get pregnant while we were together. And, and I was really excited. But there was no, like, you... It was more like, like I was going to take on a role of being in the child's life. But there was no talk of us procreating together or creating some sort of family with the three of us, no. Well, that's definitely interesting. Like I said, I, I just wanted to paint that contrast with some more of those points there. 
And so how long were you in that triad for? I was in that triad for about a year. So I dated my partner, the first, the husband for about seven or eight months. And then his wife, I like pretty much was like, she was probably like my closest experience to like love at first sight. Like I was smitten with her like from the beginning, but it took her a while to, and we didn't go into the relationship going, this is something that we're hoping that develops. I very much was just dating her husband, but I just developed these feelings for her. And it took about seven or eight months before she started feeling that way for me. And then we just started interacting in a different way. And then that's how that started. And that triad lasted for about a year, a little bit over a year. Oh, yeah. So you seem to have a lot of long-term relationships. So these are years standpoints. Look at you. <laughs> that, that, like I said, in, in poly years, you got to multiply it. Yeah. It's, it's like doggy at this point. So one year is really like 10 years when you're thinking about it. I get you. I get you. So having been through two triad experiences, would you ever be in another triad again? Is it something that you're hard and fast no, or maybe, or whatever happens, happens. I'm going to hard and fast no with most things, but I would absolutely do it again. I do enjoy, I actually enjoyed it. It like the second triad was much easier and much more pleasurable than the first one. I don't know that I would do a triad where I was part of the existing couple ever again, but would I be a third again? Absolutely. Okay. So I, what is like a dream triad situation for you? What would be like your ideal living situation? What would you guys do? Like, what was your ideal triad? Like, just, just uh, fantasy. One triad was really good. So I, I don't really have a desire to live with a lot of partners. It's just not a thing for me. So I definitely consider myself relatively structurally monogamous. So I really only want to live with one partner, want to have one nesting partner. Um, like, I don't have this vision of like, having this huge house with a whole bunch of partners living together. It's just not my thing. Maybe living close by, but not necessarily living in the same uh, domicile. Like, um, I like not living with a whole bunch of people. And so the one that I had was really good. I would go over there on weekends, and we would spend time together, and we would go do things, and we'd go on dates. And sometimes we'd I'd go on dates with one, I'd go on dates with the other one, and we, took, we went on vacations together. And it was very fulfilling. I did enjoy it. Okay, so see, perfect. He's like, I already had my dream situation. This is what I want again. Just that'll work out. And it would very much be like that second triad. Okay, all right. See, that's easy. That's simple. So do you think that three single people could form a triad without any kind of like pre-existing relationship with anyone? So I've heard of that happening before. I have one friend who that was their setup. But what happened was, or what she communicated to me was that even in that setup, it just happened that a couple formed in that setup. So even though like they all started from like the same place, they all met around the same time, they all did this thing together, a couple still formed in the setup where it was just the two people that probably just got along the easiest or whatever. And so I do believe it's possible because I believe that anything is possible but I could definitely see a space where even in that setup, there is still just something in us. And I think a lot of that just has to do with our uh, social conditioning around relationships to where a couple can still form in that setup. Maybe the two people that have the easiest time getting along or, or having this weird kind of setup to where like this person feels more coupled with this person, but that person feels more coupled with the other person. And 
So I, I still think that there is still uh, a space where that can happen, even in that particular dynamic. Man, wow. It, 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 I, it's never happened to me. So that's really why I was asking. I'm like, it's never happened to me. I, I think this would be interesting if I met someone who I knew it happened like that. But yeah, you are right. It does have a lot to do with our social conditioning where we are just, yeah. It's no one the arc. We just pair up. That's it. No one was like, here, let's go in threes. Yeah, like relationships are just such that we pair up. And even if that dynamic shifted over time to where it's okay, these two feel more coupled. And then a little bit later on, these two feel more coupled. But yeah, she, like when she talked to, to me about it, she said that even, and she said that was one of the reasons why she was very like hopeful when she got into it. She was like, oh, we all met at the same time. We all started this at the same time. So we won't have that existing dynamic of the existing couple. And then this other person that's joining in, but even in that setup, a couple formed in that and someone ended up being on the outs. Uh, yeah, no, I don't like that. Thank you for talking to me about that. I really appreciate it. And of course we will drop all the links for where to find you in our show notes but you can tell people where to find you too i'll add them yeah you can find me on instagram at lavita loca 34 and on facebook it's lavita loca sawyers and i do a lot of polyamory education talking about tools that you can utilize to help manage your emotions things that you need to think about when you're engaging in these relationships and figuring out what you want and how you show up to this space so yeah and are your DMs open? Can people slide into your DMs for non-business <laughs> things? Yeah, non-business things. So yes, they can. <laughs> so, I don't know. We make love connections here at Monogamish. What can I say? I'm just trying to open the pool. People just need to know who's available. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> Once again, I want to thank Evita for being so vulnerable and open and honest with us. Definitely love her work. Put a link to where you can find Avita in our detailed show notes as per usual. Next week, I will be airing another conversation about triads. This is from someone who is still in a triad to this day. And this interview was recorded again in 2020. But what I will say is that the triad is still going strong that they just had a baby. Tune in for that episode next week. But until then, let me just tell you where you can find the pod and me. So you can find Monogamish Pod wherever you get your podcasts, including Playground.net's podcast corner. <laughs> and uh, just search Monogamish Pod. We're there. I'm transitioning away from SoundCloud, like I said, but heading more towards a YouTube space. I'm trying to put up all the old episodes before I get to the newer episodes on there. So search Monogamish Pod on YouTube. You can find us there too. SoundCloud still has some old episodes up, so check us out there. SoundCloud.com slash Monogamish Pod. You'll find us on Twitter and Instagram at Monogamish Pod on Facebook, Monogamish Pod. You can find the website with the detailed show notes, uh, links to book lists, podcasts, resources, etc. Monogamishpod.com. You can find our merch shop, monogamishpod.threadless.com, or by pressing the shop button on the Monogamish Pod website. Again, those offerings will change for season three, so this will be one of your last opportunities to get some of the merchants on there because some of that shit is not coming back. And of course, I'm Jen, your beautiful, fantastic, pansexual polyamorous host and uh, you can find me at have you met jen j-h-e-n on twitter and instagram i do have my own website where you can book me for sensitivity readings and podcast appearances etc have you met jen.com that is just a space you can also just send an email or dm me or whatever and i'll more than likely respond 
I'm also on Clubhouse at Have You Met Jen. So check it out there. Um, I have two other podcasts stacked the podcast which is about romance novels and romance media and i have bachelorettes which is about bachelor nation talking about reality dating tv shows so super excited about those two as well you can find the links to those on my have you met Jen page the twitter the instagram everything they're all there so that's where you can find me that's where you can find the pod I'd appreciate it if you guys could rate, review, and subscribe to us. Give us five stars as a rating if you can. Leave a very nice thing. I, I like to read pretty reviews. You can also support us on Patreon. So patreon.com slash monogamishpod. We are an 18 plus platform, which means that you have to search for us in like their, your browser bar thingy. You have to type in patreon.com slash monogamishpod. So support us there. You can start supporting us for as low as $3 a month. And you get bonus episodes, merch. The, trust me, it's definitely worth it. So you guys could check us out there. If you want to just give money without having to talk to anyone or get anything out of it, you can support using the listener support button on Anchor. So totally okay with that also. Just saying, that's cool with me too. <laughs> so that is all she wrote for today. Once again, shout out to altplayground.net. Shout out to Anchor for hosting us. Check out the continuation of our triad conversation next week. And once again, I'm Jen, and this has been an episode of Monogamish Pod. Have a great night.